Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hi there guys, this is Justin VR and you're listening to an episode of Concerts That Made Us. There were times I thought I knew Was it hard for me and you? Was it right for all to see? Or was it just a fantasy? Justin, you're very welcome to the concerts that made us. Hi there, man. It's such a pleasure being on the show. Thanks for having me. 
No worries at all. I'm looking forward now to diving into your music. So you released the track She Said on the 19th of May. I love the story behind this song. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, the the story is about um, somebody being an introvert, uh, i.e. myself, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I've been involved in entertainment for for many a year, but uh, my home life is a little bit different. I'm I'm more reserved when I'm at home and not so much the party animal on stage um, as to when I'm out uh, most evenings. So um, the story tells about a partner. Um, in in my instance, it it's definitely my wife, but uh, it it can be a friend or or anybody relatable, a spouse or um, or somebody in your life that just gets you out and and brings out some spontaneity in you and. Uh, just gets you to really uh, live life on the moment a little bit and uh, and not stress and worry so much just to get up and dance and and just uh, do your thing and uh, and just get out there and have a good time yeah yeah and as an introvert yourself then i'd imagine getting up on stage maybe in the early days getting up on stage was a bit of a nightmare for you how do you manage to actually you know get up there and sing when you're introverted <laughs> It's it's kind of a weird thing. I, I was kind of thrown in into the entertainment industry back in the day. I'm not going to say how many years ago that was. I'm not going <laughs> to give away my age too much. But um, it was a little bit interesting because it kind of came naturally to me, which is a little bit weird because I'm a bit of a, a homeboy, so to speak, and I love being at home and, and being in my own space. But um, I don't know, call it a split personality or something, but when I'm out there, um, I suppose I'm the Justin VR personality and and ready to party and, and put on a good show. Uh, no matter what sort of show I'm doing, whether it actually be doing music with a band on stage or whether it be uh, just part of events, really. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, I've been in, in events and entertainment for for most, if not all, of my adult life. And it kind of came natural to me, but once again, when uh, um, when that curtain is closed and when I head back off home, uh, I'm a I'm a little bit of a different person, uh, more peace and quiet, and um, not not the uh, pumping music uh, that I'm used to on <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, yeah. And this song in particular, then, what was the process like for writing it? It was a little bit of an interesting one because um, myself and and uh, Malcolm Ormond, who's who's a friend and mentor to me, he's also the the producer and uh, he masters and mixes all the songs as well. Uh, we've been working together um, on music now for for quite some time, and it's something that uh, um, is very cohesive and it's just natural to the both of us. And um, with this particular song, I, I, I joked with Malcolm not too long ago that it was probably the quickest song that we started and recorded from from start to finish um, since we had been working on music together. Um, as always, he he's, uh, he lives around the corner from me. So, so I'm blessed to, wherever I'm on the way to, whether it be picking up the kids from school or whether it be actually on the way to a gig or something, I can always swing by him, have a cup of coffee or chat and just chill to some music. And then he will normally play me something. It, it'll either be an idea for his own music, which uh, which he works on uh, at his home studio as well, or he'll have something in mind for me. He'll have either a riff or, or just a, um, a couple of uh, uh, chords on piano that he plays for me, and he'll always ask me my opinion. What do I think of this? What do I think of that? And uh, that opening guitar piece on 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 she said is is something 
that that he had in mind and 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 he basically had a melody down for that and i really enjoyed it 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 wasn't necessarily going to be um the next single uh the next uh, justin vr single but uh that's how it panned out in the end we we just started uh toying around with some ideas um and and with arrangement and things like that and uh the rest is history i guess uh, i i penned some lyrics to it normally when it comes to lyrics i like to um I like to tell a story about where I'm at at that moment in time, uh, headspace-wise, or if there's something I'm feeling, or or, or something to that effect. But uh, but yeah, an interesting one. It it was always going to be a feel-good sort of vibey sort of song. Um, but yeah, it it's probably of of all the singles I've released thus far, it's probably the quickest one we've uh, recorded <laughs> and released from start to finish. Jeez, if everyone could come like that now, it'd be perfect. <laughs> No, not all of them are like that. I'll tell you what, gee, where some of them uh, can take a, a tremendous amount of time. But but I think it's just uh, where we were at at the moment in time and uh, just the sort of vibe and feel that, that both of us had. Um, and it kind of gelled and um, and there we go. And it's released. And you mentioned you've been you've been in the entertainment industry for quite a number of years now, but you've been a solo artist for three years. What made you decide yeah. to step behind the mic? Well, um, I suppose a big part to play in that is actually COVID. As harsh as it was uh, for us, especially in entertainment and in events, hospitality in general, actually, um, I suppose there is some good that came out of it. I mean, uh, I was literally stuck at home um, yeah, in South Africa. And, you know, as with the rest of the world, us in entertainment really were jobless at that moment in time. And um, yes, being the the introvert part of me was like, geez, this is going to be nice. I can stay at home the whole time <laughs> and I don't have to be out there. However, uh, that soon wore off after a week or two and no income coming in. And I really started to obviously stress and and worry about what was going to happen. And I also longed that other part of my personality that is out there every single evening and and being part of events, whether it be on a stage singing or whether it be anything with events, actually, I, I, I long for that. And I kind of jumped on the whole streaming bandwagon. I'm sure you'll remember yourself, you know, um, a lot of artists, bands and solo artists and, and everybody in between started jumping on this bandwagon and then just live streaming from home, from your indie artists to unsigned artists to your big artists around the world started doing these sort of lockdown sessions and streaming live to whether it be YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And and I just thought, okay, maybe I should do something like this. It's not that I'm going to gain anything from it, but just the fact that let me try it out. Maybe, you know, I, I just need to sing a bit again and get my voice out there and maybe I can connect with a couple of people. And, um, and I started something on, on, on Facebook. I, I was live streaming on, uh, on, on Saturday afternoons here from my garage at home. And I, and I called it something called uh, the Garage ses uh, Sessions. And and looking back in hindsight, I can cringe now at the thought of it, but <laughs> I thought it was a pretty decent idea at the time. And um, and I did that. And uh, I, I tried to do it on, on most Saturday afternoons. And uh, there was one Saturday afternoon in particular that, that Malcolm actually logged in and signed in. He saw me advertise this, this thing on Facebook called the Garage Sessions. And he tuned in and... Um, I don't know. He was. He, I, I don't know if if I must say he was pleasantly surprised, or if he or if he just kind of liked what I was doing, 
And uh, and he messaged me instantly, and he said, "Look, uh, you and I haven't worked or recorded together for some years, and and we had in the past toyed around with one or two original songs just for our for our own pleasure, really, uh, for for nothing more, nothing for a professional release. Let's call it that. We had recorded some covers way back when as well, but I mean, nothing came of it. And then, um." You know, I, I was so desperate for for some sort of uh, I wouldn't call it recognition, but 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 just some sort of interaction with with people, and uh, that's why I took to the live streaming. And I said to him, "Okay, I, d- I don't really know what you have in mind, but um, okay, let let's do something like that." And he's like, "No, I'm I'm serious. Let's let's concentrate on on your actual music and 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 getting your voice out there on a on a professional scale." And I was like, "Okay, interesting." And I went around to him um, a couple of days later and we met up and we sat in his studio and uh, we played around with some ideas. And, you know, I, I eventually released my first single professionally, which was Got Me Blind at the time, which was really an ode once again to to what I was feeling and, and going through um, at, at such a harsh and difficult period in my life. And... Um, I kind of stuck with that, even even though things started opening up events wise and hospitality wise. Yes, I, um, I I still have my 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 little sound and lighting business, and it, you know it's it's kind of the the bread and butter stuff, and I'm still involved with eventing. But um, I've given the name Justin VR uh, a a real go now, and and concentrated on on music and releasing it, and just. Um, as I said, on a on a professional scale, and just seeing where I can go with it, you know, yeah, uh, with with releases, uh, with with recording, and with with uh, with doing my music on stage as well. And here I am today. <laughs> and prior to COVID, then, what was your work life looking like? You know, obviously, you weren't focusing on singing so much. So what what yeah. were you doing? It you know what the the funny thing is I was actually pretty busy with the with the sound and lighting business uh, uh, end of things. Um, a lot of events was happening back here in my hometown in in Cape Town. Um, running events, uh, running live entertainment for events, whether it be corporate events or or lavish uh, private events in and around Cape Town. Um, there was a lot happening and and things were really going well um, on that side, you know. And um, unfortunately, yeah, COVID happened and uh, <laughs> I made a very, very harsh uh, decision uh, probably about two weeks prior to the to our president announcing the whole lockdown thing. And uh, I don't think nobody ever realized how serious it was. And uh, my wife and I had a chat and I went and spent our entire savings on uh, on the business, on, on buying more gear and buying more this and buying more that, just to give you an indication of how well business was probably going for me uh, prior to COVID. So uh, imagine my shock and horror uh, a couple of weeks later when <laughs> I'm, I'm told I'm not allowed to work, you know? And, oh, uh, yeah, so, uh, but in hindsight, once again, a lot of good came from it because I started focusing on music and my own voice and uh, and 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 working with Malcolm Ormond uh, on a regular and and full time basis and releasing music and it's I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another very interesting side to you is you tour as part of a Shania Twain and Keith Urban tribute show. 
I always find that kind of interesting, you know, because I feel like when you're doing your own music, you're kind of scratching the creative itch. But I'd imagine when you're singing someone else's songs, you're not touching on that at all. How does it compare to your own music? Look, it's it's definitely a totally, totally different experience. Um, I... I love the hype about it, though. I, I love the excitement of being on stage, uh, even though, yes, uh, doing covers or your versions of of covers of any artist, whether it be Keith Urban or whoever out there, Brian Adams as an example or whatever, um, I, I love the human interaction and, and the fact that, you know, when it comes to a tribute show, uh, depending on what tribute it is as well, um, there is that the factor of the audience is there literally because they know all the songs off by heart and <laughs> they are fans of that sort of tribute act um that you're trying to portray and um i love that that aspect of it but uh but yes it is totally different to to just creating or performing um your own songs uh live because that's kind of your own baby it's like a, you know <laughs> it, it's your own child and 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 you're bringing it to life sort of you know whereas with with the tribute stuff as you know it's kind of just a reimagining or your version of of something that uh or, or songs that that people already know and love so yeah totally different it's a totally different dynamic even to being in the studio of course um but i must say i i enjoy both for for what they are they, they certainly bring their own sort of excitement and dynamic to it yeah yeah do you find then that the audience are maybe much more critical at a tribute show because they're like they know the songs and they have maybe this image of how it should sound in their head oh absolutely absolutely especially if you if you're doing a uh, as we are with with a tribute show with with a rather large band on stage. I mean, we we are six p six piece group on stage, so um, it, it just means you kind of got to really work hard at it and and really give it your best one hundred and ten percent and make sure that um, the, the audience will love and appreciate the music because obviously then if they don't, they're not going to come back <laughs> and, and then you've done something wrong all along. <laughs> but um, but yes, oh yes, absolutely. Um, there's definitely going to be a um, critique, both good and bad, I guess. Um, but I suppose uh, as long as it's the good that outweighs the bad and as long as you take any sort of negative cr uh, criticism and and take it as a positive and work on that then uh then all the better i guess at the end of the day true true and at this stage so we'll dive into your influences to give the listeners a sense of where you come from musically so if you can can you remember your earliest musical memory yeah definitely um i was well if I can remember way back to when I was probably about uh, five, six years old, just just starting um, my schooling career, um, I grew up in a household where um, vinyl was was really um, collected uh, by my dad. My, my mom was an avid music uh, fan as well. And um, I, I just remember my, my dad actually had a, a cupboard that was specifically made for his vast uh, record uh, vinyl collection. And um, 
I grew up in a household where, where music was just blasted 24-7 and, and everything from 50s uh, music, even back to old school Glenn Miller sort of stuff uh, through obviously to your Beatles, 60s and Rolling Stones and Searchers and things like that um, up until, well, what was then present day uh, coming out of school into into mid uh, late 90s. Um yeah, I, I just remember always, especially on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon, being in the lounge, whether it be um, playing with cousins or whatever, and and just listening and appreciating music as well, um, all forms of music. So it, it wasn't just a, a specific genre that I got attached to or a, st- uh, or a specific band as such at the time. It was just really all forms of music. And I, I, I learned to appreciate it, really. Mm-hmm. I obviously developed my own musical ear earworm and 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 taste um over the years but a lot of that stuck with me eh? even to present day it's it's stuff like uh like the beatles i mean i was absolutely fascinated by their harmonies stuff like the beach boys as well and and um loving singing uh, came from an early age as well so so vocals was always something that 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 stood out for me and and especially the stuff with harmonies uh, eagles is another one that we can mention poco and so many others as well so um so yeah definitely from even being before school days um just really loving music and and then sunday road trips as well uh to wherever you know you you take a sunday drive out uh, somewhere and uh and 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 you've either got dad's playlist that uh, <laughs> that was made up on a tape or something and played through the uh, car stereo system and just belted out at high volume and, and just singing along, you know, and um, and that's from my early days, just just loving singing and singing along to these songs with all the harmonies as well. Yeah, yeah. And when you kind of got a little bit older then and started finding your own genre, how was your dad approaching it? Was he kind of like, oh, this music you're listening to is crap? Or was he uh, like, oh, yeah, this this is good? No, not at all. Because I mean, most of the stuff I mean was was from his taste initially, and then um, obviously growing up and and heading into into teenage years from I'd say early to to mid nineties again. I mean, I started obviously loving and and appreciating eighties music and and nineties music because that was kind of my thing through my through my schooling uh, um, career. So a lot of eighties bands stuck with me, but it but it was. Uh, it was always going to be really vocal, melodic stuff as well, and um, and it was stuff that he enjoyed as well. I mean, it was kind of um, I, I would then eventually, like you know, try and get one or two of my own vinyl LPs back in the day, and then he would listen along as one. Well. And, and I mean, ninety nine percent of the time he liked it too, so uh, which was which was pretty cool. So uh, w- we were really a, a family that just loved and and appreciated and enjoyed all forms of music. Yeah, yeah. And when you were in, say, high school, your teenage years, I always find that that's when you really, you know, find what genre you really like and maybe through music, you find your community. So what sort of music were you being exposed to by friends and how do you think it molded you into the musician you are today? It was definitely like an an alternative rock sort of vibe. Um your i would say i wouldn't say from from your grunge america or americana era uh, from the 90s but but certainly stuff like uh if i had to mention a couple of artists goo goo dolls always stuck out for me 
from from a melodic and and songwriting standpoint i loved the the likes of crowded house i enjoyed the likes of chris isaac and things like that it was uh, good solid melodies on guitar and 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 great vocals as well and and maybe with a, with a nice storyline i mean even artists like christopher just storytellers as well really stuck with me through the ages so um but definitely if if i look back on teenage years and and even up until coming out of school, um, maybe more of an alternative rock edge. I mean, I, I also loved at that period of my of my life. I still do today. Bands like U2, um, REM, uh, to name but a few. So, um, and and I still do today, and that that, that certainly um, uh, stayed with me through throughout my years. You know, through throughout my adult years. I, I think only over the over the past recent couple of years, when I say recent, maybe six, seven years, did I start appreciating things like um, alternative country rock with the likes of the the Keith Urban uh, or Keith Urbans of the world and the Blake Shaltons and things like that, where, where it's, it, it's still good singer-songwriters, but but they have a certain swagger to them as well, you know? And, um, and I love that sound because it's almost sort of a crossover uh, with rock as well. A lot of the, the the American country stuff is not. I mean, it is true grit, sort of Americana country stuff. But uh, but a lot of it is is very crossover as well. I mean, if you listen today to the likes of uh, Kip Moore's huge at the moment, um, there's a lot of rock in that music. It's it's not all your traditional sort of country vibes, and um, and I try to bring that in as well. You know, with with my past likes of the likes of you two and crowded ass and cross isaac and and things as such so uh it's definitely evolved over the years uh a, a lot of things have certainly stuck with me through the ages but uh but it's also exciting lis- listening to to new stuff you know and and picking up uh um new bands and artists and and genres as you go along you you learn to appreciate other aspects of music as well yeah True, true. And what was your local music scene like then? Was it very vibrant and was there lots happening? Yeah, uh, back in the day, um, I remember um, where I was growing up. I mean, I would say every single pub or, or, or club in, in our area always had live music uh, 24-7. And once again, from that era of 90s, it, it was that sort of um 90s alternative sound that was coming through um if there was artists or whether it be solo or bands uh doing covers it was still something to that effect and some of the more old school stuff of the likes of dire straits um obviously still your your acdcs and your more old school rock stuff of led zeppelin deep purple whatever but there was that modern sort of alternative rock edge coming through as well uh google dolls or uh, Gee whiz, I can't remember too much off the top of my head. But um, it was pretty vibrant back in the day. Eh? Uh, I, I think it definitely tapered down over the years, uh, um, early 2000s into the 2010s. And then um, obviously what happened in more recently, uh, re- recently obviously things were killed off uh, by that two to three year COVID period. Um, but I do see it coming back to the fore again eh? in, in today's age. I think people are enjoying uh, going out and 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 just um enjoying that whole um interactive experience with with live music with with live events with with entertainment in general it doesn't just have to be a band or music i think any form of entertainment people have just craved that and longed for that 
and I think it's definitely coming to the fore again. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. And you know, the majority of South African musicians I chat with now are all rock and different variations of rock. I've never actually spoke to a, a country musician from South Africa. So, what <laughs> is the country scene like in South Africa? Because I know the the rock scene is kind of very small. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Look over here, I would say that, I mean, there's a lot of uh, artists that that love country music. And I think as a nation, we have, I wouldn't say learn to love it, but but we do love it. We, 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 we've we just had the likes of Kip Moore uh, uh, coming over to South Africa, which was a hugely, I mean, a massive success. It, it was sold out shows. Everywhere we went, and uh, and and people were going absolutely gaga over the stuff. So uh, it it just shows you how as a nation we we've we've learned to love the more modern country rock element uh, or genre um, in today's age. I think from an artist point of view, um, it's few and far between. I think um, yeah, um, artist wise, of course, uh, our artists uh, doing Afrikaans stuff as well as well as English stuff will will delve into that into their shows by by doing covers of of artists or songs that they really love but nothing original wise or or full out like we're gonna have a go of this and and just release our own sort of country rock original stuff it, it is a little bit few and far between um whereas i think everybody loves the music but but they're not gonna take that leap and bound and and just go on and, and try and make a career out of it in this country which in hindsight makes me think, what the hell am I doing at the moment? Because I'm stuck here in South Africa and I'm releasing songs with a country rock vibe and feel to it. What am I thinking? But uh, you know what? It's, 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 you've got to have a love and passion for it. And, and if, it's, uh, if it's your thing that you're into, then, then stick to it. Don't try and be somebody that you're not, is what uh, I was always told. And it kind of stuck with me as well. You know, if, if, if you're passionate about something, whether it be whatever genre you're in, whether it be music or entertainment or anything in life, just stick to that. Stick to what you love. And if you're having fun doing it and people are having fun listening to it and, and enjoying what you're doing, then then why not just continue with it? True, true. Very good advice there. And as a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? Well, that's that's an interesting one. Um, there was a, a good couple of concerts that uh, that stood out for me. Um, one or two of them was actually from from local bands here in South Africa. I, I look back, um, probably about fourteen, fifteen years back, and and we we've got a local group here called called Watershed, uh, led by Craig, Craig Irons. He's a fantastic songwriter. And um, I remember seeing them at a, at a mini festival here in Cape Town many, many years back. And they, I was just blown away um, by everything about the band, about their songs, uh, the songwriting skills of of, of the frontman, Greg, um, their guitarist, their, their certain demeanor about them um, after the actual gig, how they would interact with fans and concert goers and, and just actually really spend a lot of time with them. Uh, whether it be signing albums and and giving out merch and just 
really having a chat and being so down to earth and and that kind of stuck with me because uh they were also that they still are big yeah in in south africa but they were really big at that time i mean uh, they were all over our local radio stations they kind of made it big in some uh parts of europe as well and um and that stuck with me just how down to earth and humble they were and just uh their interaction with the audience throughout the concert and afterwards which is something that stuck with me um from a from a spectacle sort of concert standpoint i think uh, i think you two would would certainly stand out for me i was uh, fortunate enough to see them in cape town on their uh 360 degree uh wall tour and uh, and just the whole dynamic of that um not just the sound but Everything from obviously being a sound and lighting guy, having a sound and lighting <laughs> business, everything just stood out for me. Just the whole, the whole spectacle of of the concert uh, from a visual standpoint, um, to the stage, uh, to, to the stage, to the technicality of it, to the whole professionalism about it as well, um, is is something that that really stood out for me. So. Um, I think uh, um, I'm definitely not going to be a U2 one day or, or, or be on that sort of stage. But there's there's certain elements that 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 certainly stood out to me. The whole professionalism, how it was done um, from start to finish, and uh, once again, I've got to mention Watershed. Just just the whole demeanor on stage um, with the fans, and then afterwards I, as well, which I think is so important. I mean, I, I've been to concerts myself. I'm not going to name drop anybody, but, uh, um, afterwards, you know, um, the band or the artist is not really too concerned about their fans. Eh? And, uh, and it's, uh, they have airs and ways about them. And, um, it kind of puts a bit of a, a damper, a bit of a sour taste in the mouth after the concert, just, just seeing that and, and obviously experiencing that. So, I think uh, just to be humble, you know, no matter how big a star you are, and just uh, to put on the best show that you possibly can for for the concert goers, has always stuck with me. And uh, you two did that in absolute spades. Uh, locally, Watershed always do that in spades as well. So that's uh, two that certainly have stood out for me. Two very good ones there now. I haven't heard of Watershed before. I must uh, dive into them and see what, what they're like. And for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows what can they expect try give them the full experience if you can <laughs> well i'm hoping uh, a whole lot of energy really um i i, I believe in uh, giving it my all uh, 110 and uh you know I, i've i've always believed in uh, somebody said this to me many years ago but you can you can see and you can hear uh, even on a recording, uh, never mind stage, if, if somebody's smiling in the music and actually enjoying it, uh, not, not just putting up a front, but really enjoying it. And uh, and, and that's always stuck with me. I, I think if if people see you having a good time and, and enjoying what you're doing, then automatically they're going to be having a good time as well. Um, of, of course, the music needs to be good and the show needs to be good. <laughs> but in general, I think... Uh, People do latch onto that and 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 catch the feels from that. If if you're having a good time on stage and giving it 110 percent, people really do see that and appreciate that and have 110 percent of a good time with you. So yeah, a whole lot of energy. Um, uh, um, I'm I'm very passionate about music and uh, not just my own music. Whatever I'm doing out there, if 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 I'm even doing a cover on stage, I'm passionate about it and I'll give it my 110 percent. 
Ah. And, you know, is there a, a gig that you've played that maybe the, the experience sticks in your mind as the best one? Uh, not in particular, no. Um, I was actually, I, very strangely enough, I was, this is going way back in time, I actually uh, guested um, uh, uh, f- for a band. I made a guest appearance many, many moons ago, many decades ago. Right. Um, and it was something that that, that, that kind of stood out for me. I, I remember going up on stage, not uh, not knowing that I was going to be called up on stage, but uh, but the guys tried to drag me up and uh, I, I did a couple of uh, rock covers with them. And um, the crowd was just absolutely mental. I, I knew they weren't mental because of my voice, but <laughs> but 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 just for the whole performance and everything. And and even though it was such a small gig, it kind of stuck with me. Even even to recently, eh? even even the stuff that uh, that we do with the tribute show. You know, when when you see people smiling and the heads are bopping and the feet are tapping, um, it's such a lacquer experience. It's, it's it's such a great experience to have and see people just enjoying. Uh, what you're doing on stage with you, I think that's pretty cool. At yeah. the end of the day, it's not just uh, people just uh, sitting there staring and uh, the, the, they smiling along with you and having a good time. That's what it's all about, after all. And how do you approach getting your music out to new listeners and gaining new fans? Uh, I think uh, today, obviously, it's it's a lot different to what it was back in the day. Um, it's not, unless you're a major, major artist that can afford to still release vinyl and and albums and merch and things like that. It's it's obviously the the world of digital these days. So um, social media has got a big role to play in that, of course. I think um, I'm only learning these days that uh, you have to be so active and on it. Um, in inverted commas with with social media and and on all platforms because um i wouldn't say be, because it is so important but actually it is um it is a way to connect with people as well of course you 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 need a pr guy behind you and and releasing your stuff and and i've been blessed to work with uh, david Westers and uh, devo uh, as he's known uh, devo graphic um I've, I've been so blessed because it makes a world of difference but um You've also got to be on it. Eh? You've got to be active with with people that are following you, or that have been to your shows, or that are even considering coming to your shows. I mean, uh, you you really need to be on it with them, and uh, it it really is a twenty four seven thing. It's not just having a band rehearsal and going up on stage doing the thing, and then uh, you know packing up and going home. It it really is a lot of work behind the scenes, whether it be in the recording studio rehearsals, uh, on social media um you know if if somebody writes a positive review about a show that they've been to uh just respond to them just just thank them and show them your appreciation and and show them that you are human and that you really appreciate it and uh i've noticed that that really goes a long way eh? people really appreciate the whole the whole human uh, the whole human element that that you can interact with them and i mean it, let's face it why not it it costs you absolutely nothing um to to actually reach out to somebody and say thanks for that positive words or or thank you for um uh, uh streaming my song and and you said something about it on social media that you like the song it it costs you nothing uh, to to show how grateful you are and just be appreciative so um it's it's it's, it's a tough one these days and and especially with uh what happened with covid i think there was this influx and bombardment of artists uh, from around the world as well 
um that that suddenly realized that um wow uh we've got a voice and 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 we can be heard you know so it's it, it's it's not like you're competing with the rest of the world but there is so many artists out there these days uh compared to maybe 10 20 years back um and uh you you've just got to remain on it and 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 just stay focused and keep doing what you love and uh, and and keep the connection real with with people out there as well just just be real and 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 uh try and uh, get all the negative negativity out of the way and just uh, connect with people and and be honest and uh just enjoy what you're doing yeah yeah and you know as a musician at your level then how do you approach finding gigs and touring that's a difficult one because uh, as i say at the moment um i'm i'm part of i'm i'm part of the tribute band and um that's also difficult because there is a schedule involved and 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 you've got different personalities in a group whether it be your own or whether it be a tribute show or whatever you're involved with um and and everybody's schedules is is different as well so firstly it's 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 very hard to find a date where everybody can meet that date uh, it's 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 definitely challenging because if you've got uh, two or three or four or five or six members in a group um and suddenly you've got something that can happen in a month's time from now or it's a it's a big show whatever it may be um then you need to find out if everybody's available for that date first off the bat because everybody these days it's not uh, a case of um yes there are of course full-time musicians all over the show but a lot of them um also have day jobs just to sustain everything and ju- and just to keep going you know just to keep your family going um you have a lot going on these days because the cost of living is so expensive and i'm sure it's like that wherever you are living in the world at the moment and then of course you you find the time hold on we've got this week or that weekend where we're all available let's do it and then you know um venues are booked up for that time that <laughs> that you're actually available so look it's difficult i'm not going to lie to you and and like i mentioned with all the artists that have just uh, sprung out from the past couple of years as well it's certainly difficult um and and challenging i think being being an artist in in 2023 and i don't expect it to get any easier either but um keep what you're doing i mean uh, at the end of the day um, things happen for a reason. If if something's meant to happen or not meant to happen, whether it be music wise or anything else wise, it will. You know, you just gotta uh, keep a level head and just uh, keep pushing, keep pushing your music, and um, and and the venues will pick up on that, and and the listeners will pick up on that too. Yeah, I always say if you work hard at something for long enough, you know, it will pay off. Something yes. will come out of it absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree with you more and it's the same with 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 looking for venues you know we, we might go through two or three very harsh months where it's like oh my goodness gracious what's happening yeah we, we don't have a show at all we don't even have the possibility of a show but you know just keep grafting and you never know um you you might be uh, inundated with uh, with venues uh, in that fourth month or something um just got to keep pushing it. Eh? Just got to keep believing and uh, stay strong and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, true, true. And, you know, when it comes to showtime, what is your pre-show and post-show ritual? I don't really have a ritual, uh, a, a, a ritual so, so to speak. Um, I, I I know a lot of guys will probably just listen to music or something or, or just go over um, 
go over the show in their minds. Um, I try not to, to, to be honest. Um, I, I try not to overthink anything um, or, or have a ritual because then uh, knowing myself, I'll probably be caught up in that. <laughs> overthink a little bit too much and then I've, I've forgotten my lines or something uh, on stage. But um, uh, post afterwards, um, hang around. Hang around wherever or whatever stage you're on. Hang around. Don't just pack up and go. Connect with the people. Um, and just just be out there. Chat to the guys. Do you enjoy the show? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, what was your favorite song? That sort of thing, you know? Uh, so definitely post a show. Um, definitely just just hang around. Stick around. Um, no, no matter what you've got planned for afterwards, connect with the people. Chat with them. Um, you know, uh, as I mentioned early on, I think it's very, very important. But uh, pre-show, no, nothing really. Uh, just uh, stay hydrated and uh, and try not to uh, think about the show too much. Uh, I've done that before, and then I've forgotten my lines horribly. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, no pre-ritual uh, uh, stuff um, before the show. But afterwards, definitely hang around and just connect with the people. Right, right. And I have to ask, how is your March game? Do you have much March to uh, for fans? Not at the moment. Eh? That's something I seriously, seriously need to work on. Um, I'm gonna see how the rest of the year goes, uh, and see how my and see how my financial situation is before I can even think about that. But um, yeah, look, it, it it's a busy year ahead. Um, I, I'm I'm already back in in studio working on some new music on a new single. Uh, got another older sort of uh, rock ballad of mine uh, that I've kind of got in the bag for for the end of the year and um definitely yeah plans to do that but uh i just want to see how the other rest of the year t- goes and 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 where it leads me uh before i make uh, sort of choices like that um but but definitely in the pipeline yeah right right and you know saying 30 40 years time you're rocking the nursing home when you look back at your career what do you want your legacy to be Hmm, that's an interesting one. Um, look, I've always said I'm 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 not in this for um, or any fame or any fortune or anything as such. I I, I would like to remember um, or have people remember um, Justin Vr's songs or that he had a voice and he had a decent voice and and we enjoyed his shows. Um, I, you know, uh, I'd like my my kids one day to actually say and experience that hey my my dad was good at what he did and people enjoyed his music and um and we can still enjoy his music even even when i'm not around one day you know um so if there is any sort of legacy uh definitely for my kids or for for anybody to just say that hey my dad had a cool show my dad had some very cool music and uh and we really enjoyed it at the end of the day that's that's why i'm doing this it's it's um it's something that i love but um i just want people to to hear the music and uh and and if it hits home with somebody and and somebody's enjoying it then uh then i've uh, kind of made my mark uh at the end of the day that's that's why we're doing this exactly i like that answer now straight from the heart and before we dive into the last couple of questions now i know you mentioned the rest of the year and everything but future plans any big gigs anything you want to tell us about um at the moment there's 
quite a few more tribute shows in the pipeline. I just trying to think that on the 28th of July, we have another big uh, show lined up at uh, at a venue called the Drama Factory, which is out in Strandia in the Western Cape here in Cape Town. And then, um, yeah, there, there are some good things in the pipeline. Uh, actually getting together a uh, Justin VR band um, just, just to take all the new stuff and, and future releases out on the road, really, and just um, and just uh, give a full on blast with my own original stuff, not just with the tribute stuff, but but to get the uh, Justin VR songs out on the road as well. Uh, whether it be a small venue, a big venue, I really don't care. I just want to go and have fun <laughs> <laughs> with the folks out there and uh, and let them have some fun with me on stage. So um, lots in the pipeline for the rest of the year. Brilliant, brilliant. It's great to be busy. And uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Oh, there's so many. There is so many. Um, I think uh, going back in history, I would have uh, I would have loved to have seen Queen live. Um, Freddie Mercury back in his day and, uh, and in his prime. Uh, I think... Uh, that one definitely stands out for me. Um, I'll have to go with that with Queen Freddie Mercury. I don't even need to ask why. It's a very common answer I get now, and I completely understand. I'd love to yeah. see him myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the next one. So if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Sure. Um, very difficult one as well. Um I'm going to go with, and this is a very obscure answer. People's going to think, what is he thinking? <laughs> I'm going to go with Chris Isaac. Um, right. Uh, everybody knows him from Wicked Game. He's He's got a brilliant musical mind. He's also a very intelligent guy. And uh, he's also absolutely hilarious. He, he had a talk show uh, out in the States um, a good couple of years back which ran for about two to three seasons, almost like one of these Ellen DeGeneres uh, shows. We had Musos on. He's absolutely hilarious. He's he's like a stand-up comedian. So, uh, and um, I love him as an artist and as a songwriter as well. So I'm actually going to go with Chris Isaac. Very obscure. I do realize that, but I'm going to go with Chris Isaac. It's a good one. It's a good one. Do you remember actually in the, maybe the late 90s, he had like a sitcom where he was a singer trying to make it. Yeah, yeah. I used <laughs> yeah. to love that show. I completely yeah. forgot that even existed. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's played. Uh, he's he's played in quite a couple of uh, movies as well. Um, he's he's definitely had his stints um, in 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 movies and and in sitcoms. Um, he's just a hilarious guy. Um, he's he's got a bit of a mysterious side to him as well. And um, yeah, I definitely like to uh, have a good chat with that guy. Yeah, yeah. And the final one, so what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? My goodness. Um, oh, you caught me totally off guard for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it might take me a few seconds to to think about that. Um, I suppose there are quite a few. Um, one of my own songs. Actually, um, is is the first one that that can come to mind. It's called "Welcome to My Story." It's uh, it's the it's the single I released uh, before this one. Before she said, um, "Yeah, Welcome to My Story," is something that could pretty much sum things up. 
Perfect. Has to be that one. So listen, Justin, I've really enjoyed chatting with you now and uh, hopefully we'll cross paths again in the future. I look forward to that. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I've really enjoyed this and thank you for taking the time and just uh, giving me a voice on your show. I really appreciate it.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.